I'm Brian Watley with Double Creek Ranch in Kildare, Texas. You're listening to the latest news in Texas agriculture on Texas Ag Today. Welcome to Texas Ag Today, a daily look at the latest news in Texas agriculture. Texas Ag Today is produced by the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network with the largest farm news team in the Lone Star State. Now here's the host of Texas Ag Today, Carrie Martin. Hello, Texas. Thanks so much for taking time to join us for another edition of Texas Ag Today. Jump on in with me. Buckle up. Let's take a ride around the Lone Star State as we cover the most important industry in this greatest state in the nation, Texas agriculture. In the news today, Texas is the number one sheep producing state in the nation. So it's important that Texas sheep producers tell their story. We'll check in with one Texas sheep grower who traveled to New Orleans to talk with nutritionists about the nutritional benefits of lamb. We'll have that story coming up to kick off today's show. My name is Kerry Martin. I'm your host along with the largest and most experienced farm news team in the Lone Star State. And we're all standing by to bring you the latest news in Texas agriculture. From the piney woods of East Texas to the rocky ranges of the Trans-Pecos. And from the Panhandle down to the Rio Grande Valley. A growing number of Texas High Plains ranchers are getting into the business of selling their own beef. I'm James Hunt and coming up on Texas Ag Today... We'll talk about the concept of direct beef sales. West Texas cotton farmers are planting their crop, looking for quick emergence, as more rainfall is still needed in the region. I'm Tom Nicoletti, and I'll have that report on Texas Ag Today. Studies at top universities indicate federal mandates hurt the cattle industry. I'm Gary Joyner, and I'll have those details on Texas Ag Today. We'll have those stories plus Texas wildlife news and a complete look at the markets all coming up. Texas sheep grower David Fisher of Sonora traveled to New Orleans recently to talk with a group of dietitians about the health benefits of eating lamb. Going into it, I didn't really know what to expect, but um, coming out of it, I thought everything was really positive. There was 10 or 15 of these registered dietitians and they really came from all parts of the country, um, most of them from urban areas, you know, so a couple from New York City, Boston, San Francisco. So we're talking, touching some major parts of the population. Fisher had the opportunity to tell those diet influencers how he produces lamb on his ranch here in Texas. So they were able to get some butcher demonstrations of a lamb, a lot of hands-on cooking, all with lamb. Um, I, I was given, you know, 30 minutes to kind of tell them from a producer standpoint how I do things and try to enlighten them on how American producers raise lamb. And um, I think that was really opening for me and for, for the group of dietitians um, from my perspective to see what, what they think about what we do and then, you know, vice versa for them to really hear firsthand what, what we do to put meat in the grocery store, meat on the table. The event was sponsored by the American Lamb Board. The Environmental Protection Agency and the U.S. Army Corps of Engineers held a roundtable listening session recently on proposed changes to the Waters of the U.S. rule. The Kansas Livestock Association planned and hosted the event. 
Stakeholders had the chance to highlight their experiences with implementing the definition of waters of the United States, including challenges and opportunities in their geographic areas. During the discussion, Sean Tiffany, president-elect of the Kansas Livestock Association, said farmers of all sizes are concerned about effectively managing water resources. There is a misconception that CAFOs don't care about the environment, but that couldn't be further from the truth. The fact that my operation is large only means that my stewardship mindset impacts more acres. We are also a partner in Elevate Ag, a biological company that manufactures biological soil and foliar amendments that lessen dependency on synthetic fertilizers, chemicals, and allows the biology in the soil to cycle nutrients more naturally. We also produce compost in our feedlots, not only to use in our own operation, but also other farms in our region. Many of these producers purchase our products because they are natural organic operations, and our products have that qualification. Tiffany says stewardship is incredibly important to success in his farming operation, and he believes that farmers and the EPA can enjoy a good working relationship. A growing number of Texas High Plains ranchers are direct selling their own beef. James Hunt has the story from Amarillo. Coming up on June 20th, Texas A&M AgriLife is presenting a free one-day course in Amarillo on the subject of direct beef sales. AgriLife economist Justin Benavidez says the program is designed to educate producers on the economic considerations and the legal aspects of selling beef to consumers. Dr. Benavidez tells me there's already an increasing number of ranchers getting into direct beef sales as they seek more leverage and potentially more profits than the standard cattle transaction offers. The idea here is that you're moving out of being a price taker in the conventional channels where you sell either from your ranch to a feeder or maybe you retain ownership and sell to the packer. That puts you in the price taking category. What we call in economics is that price taker where you don't necessarily have the power you're selling a commodity, and if you overcharge, the buyer can go elsewhere very easily and find a very similar product. In a direct-to-consumer sales market, you are the price setter. It's a different market, and you can think of it in terms of you know, a monopoly. You are selling beef still, but you are the only person on the planet selling beef from your ranch with the story of how your beef is raised. And depending on the value of your story and how you make those sales, you can charge a lot more. Now, you don't want to overcharge, and we'll talk about some of that in this course, but you can charge more, and we see that the returns are higher per pound for people participating in this market than people participating in that conventional channel, at least over the last three to four years. If you'd like to attend AgriLife's direct beef sales course, it's June 20th in Amarillo. Registration is required. Contact your local extension agent for more information. I'm James Hunt on the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. West Texas cotton farmers are wrapping up planting as more rain is needed in the area. Tom Nicoletti checks in with a Lubbock area farmer for an update. We go to West Texas on the South Plains, and Eddie Griffiths is out in the field planting his cotton. And Eddie, uh, what does uh, the early uh, cotton uh, planting season look like there uh, in your region? Well, for me personally, it turned around. I mean, where we have enough moisture to at least get planted. I know in other parts of the area, there's still some spots that are lacking in, in moisture, but for the most part in the area, trying to beat the deadline in my particular area here get the cotton planted and and in the ground and hopefully get quick emergence. But like I say, there's still 
certain parts of the area that are lacking in, in moisture, and I'm sure they're getting that seed in the ground in hopes of, of getting a good rain on it and getting it up and going. But even though we've we've gotten some good moisture, it's going to take a whole lot more to uh, build up that profile, especially on those dry land acres, to get it established, get it through most of the summer months, because all that moisture right now is, is up high and we need some down low. So certainly you need the rainfall in your region. Uh, what about the winds up there? How are they uh, prevailing at this point? No, oh, the winds, it's, you know, we're still getting those spring winds. We've uh, gotten really good moisture. and That's really delayed planting over the past few days just because I'm trying to get across most of the, the ground to keep it from blowing. You know, for the most part, we try to get cover crops planted, but during the drought, we were not able to get those established. So trying to do a lot of things at once. Right, right. How long do you think the planting season is going to last before farmers can uh, put the planters away and uh, then uh, hope and pray for rain? Well, I think for the most part, guys, within the next week will be finished. And, and uh, hopefully we'll have emergence out there of, of cotton plants. If not, I guess they'll just wait and see if, during the waiting period b- before they can get it released to see what decisions are made then. What about uh, pastures in your region? What are they looking like at this point, uh, Eddie? Where we're getting the, some moisture, the pastures are starting to come back around, but kind of like everything else, it's going to take quite a bit to get those established, especially if there's been livestock on those acres, simply because it's so dry for so long, trying to get something back in place. And if, if you've still got livestock out there, give it a chance, try to, to replenish itself and, and get ahead of the grazing practices. But if we keep getting moisture, though, those pastures will come back into play. Thank you, Eddie. Thank you, Tom. That is Eddie Griffiths reporting for us from Lubbock County on the South Plains of Texas. I'm Tom Nicoletti with the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. Studies at top universities, including Texas A&M, show that government mandates hurt the cattle industry. Gary Joyner has more. Price discovery and transparency in today's cattle market are desired traits, but a bill in Congress that provides mandates on how cattle are purchased falls short. The Cattle Price Discovery and Transparency Act gives the U.S. Department of Agriculture broad authority to mandate up to 50% of fed cattle in the Texas region to be sold through negotiated cash trade. Those changes will discount the value of cattle. That will be passed to stocker and cow-calf operators. Texas A&M University estimates it can cost the Texas, Oklahoma, and New Mexico region as much as $126 million annually. The bill will do nothing to change the packer concentration dynamics and increase competition. If we want more competition between cattle buyers, we need more buyers and packers or we need fewer cattle. There are other parts of the bill that will be good for the industry, such as increasing packer pricing information and transparency. But the bill takes away ranchers' freedom to market cattle as they see fit. No studies or supporting evidence have proven a government mandate in the cattle market will increase the price of cattle. Economists at top universities have provided extensive analysis proving the mandate would have a negative effect on cattle markets with a decrease in the price per head of cattle. More work is needed on the bill. I'm Gary Joyner for Texas Ag Today. Texas anglers have an opportunity to win big this summer. I'm Jessica Domel, and I'll explain coming up on Texas Ag Today. And if you haven't vaccinated your horse this year, now is the time. 
Texas veterinarian Dr. Bob Judd has more on that coming up next, right here on Texas Ag Today. In Texas, there's pea-sized hail and baseball-sized hail. Guess which one hit our house? We didn't even know where to begin, but we called our Texas Farm Bureau insurance agent, and he was so reassuring. He knew exactly what to do to get our house back into shape and our lives back to normal. Now, we're even more thankful for the roof over our heads. Visit Texas Farm Bureau Insurance today at tfbinsurance.com to insure your home for Texas-sized weather. Coverage and discounts are subject to qualifications and policy terms and may vary by situation. We're keeping you informed on everything happening in Texas agriculture on Texas Ag Today. If you haven't vaccinated your horse this year, now is the time. But Dr. Bob Judd says not all horses require the same vaccines. All adult horses in Texas are recommended to have the core vaccines every year. And those are rabies, encephalitis, tetanus, and West Nile virus. The reason these are core vaccines that are recommended for every Texas horse is that these diseases can affect an individual horse and the horse does not develop these diseases from being around another horse. So even if you have one horse on a thousand acres, the horse needs these vaccines every year. Horses are susceptible to rabies from wild animals and are very susceptible to tetanus from stepping on a nail or other sharp object. Encephalitis and West Nile are viral infections transmitted by mosquitoes, so every horse is susceptible to these diseases as exposure to another horse is not required. Now, if you haul your horse or board at a facility with other horses that may come and go, your horse should receive herpes virus vaccine, influenza vaccine, and strangles vaccine. These vaccines are only spread from horse to horse, but can be spread by inanimate objects that is used on more than one horse, like a twitch or a brush. I have had instances in which horses on the farm were never transported, but the horses across the fence were exposed to outside horses and infection has developed. So this is another situation in which respiratory vaccines would be recommended. Dr. Elizabeth Davis at Kansas State indicates in the horse publication that there is no evidence that over-vaccination occurs in horses. Although it is possible, but we are trying to protect them from disease of which they are deadly. You should never vaccinate a sick horse. And this is where your veterinarian comes in to determine if the horse is safe to vaccinate. I'm veterinarian Dr. Bob Judd. This is the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. Texas anglers have an opportunity to win big this summer. Jessica Domel tells how in today's Wildlife Report. Texas anglers have an opportunity to win over a million dollars in prizes and scholarships this summer through the Coastal Conservation Association of Texas Annual Star Tournament. Bill Kinney, Tournament Director, joins us with more on the State of Texas Anglers Rodeo, or STAR Tournament. This is our 33rd year, and it begins on Memorial Day weekend, that Saturday, and it runs for 100 days plus or minus until Labor Day, Monday, this year at September 5th at 6 p.m. It covers all 600 miles of Texas shoreline, and it offers well over a million dollars in prizes and scholarships. 
This year's prizes include 19 boats, five trucks, four UTVs, and $325,000 in scholarships. There are both inshore and offshore divisions for the tournaments. That would include red drum, redfish, most people call it, then gaff top and sheepshead and black drum and ling and dolphin and kingfish and dorado and also a red snapper. It's just a fun, wholesome event for the entire family. We want to get families on the water and appreciate Texas resources. This year, to give anglers even more opportunities to win, Star has doubled the number of tagged redfish that have been released along the coast. This year, they've released 120 tagged redfish. The tagged redfish division is catch and release only, while other divisions are decided by who catches the largest fish. This year's rules, divisions, and a place to register are available at startournament.org. That is startournament.org. For the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network, I'm Jessica Domel. It has been a pretty good week so far for the cattle market. So how did the market trade on Thursday? Jessica will be back with a complete look at the livestock, cotton, grain, energy, and financial markets coming up next. Keep it right here on Texas Ag Today. back looking at another lopsided matchup jim today we have a combine taking on a train yeah that heavy train is about a thousand times heavier than the combine no competition there right especially given that it'll take at least a mile to stop that train that's 18 football fields it's no contest every day people are injured or killed trying to beat a train at rail crossings see tracks think train this message brought to you by operation lifesaver We're giving you the market information you need on Texas Ag Today. After a rally on Wednesday, the cattle complex ended the day on Thursday mixed. June live cattle were up 22 cents to 137.05. August live cattle down 32 cents to 137.20. Thanks to strong fundamental and technical support, most feeder cattle contracts ended Thursday higher. August feeder cattle up 37 cents to 176.02. September feeder cattle up 12 cents to 177.37. Boxed beef was mixed Thursday. Choice down 55 cents to $271.19. Select up 36 cents to $249.77. Now let's check those livestock auctions. We're walking the pens with Larry Marble. Let's take a look at the sale from Brenham. That's Cattleman's Brenham Livestock. When you hear cattle in the alleyway, it's time to talk to Doug Bass about the cattle sale he had this last Friday and the one he's got coming up this Friday. Doug, what did you see? We had a good sale, Mr. Larry. Uh, we ended up with 997 head of cattle. i tell you what, market was sure strong. Calf market looked higher. The cow market was steady to higher. Really, everything looked really good. Let's walk the pens, please. Yes, sir. On your weighing cows, your thinner, lower yielding cows bring 33 to 60 better. Higher yielding cows, 64 to 90. Thinner bulls bring 71 to 87. Better bulls bring 94 to $1.13. We didn't have any pairs. Had a handful of bred cows. A little plainer cows bring 450 to 700. A longhorn cross cows. And we had some few better cows bring 1,000 to 1,150. I'll tell you, I think the cow market was, they were really aggressive and, and looked a lot better than it did the week before. And your two to three weight steers bring 135 to 202. Heifers bring 134 to 170. Three to four weight steers bring 130 to 210. Heifers bring 127 to 240. 
45 weight steers bring 120 to 182 heifers bring 123 to $2. Five to six weight steers bring 115 to 178 heifers bring 120 to 180. Six to seven weight steers bring 110 to 164 heifers bring 112 to 151. Seven to eight weight steers bring a dollar to a dollar fifty heifers bring a dollar to a dollar fifty one. And your 800 to 1,000 pound steers and bullion bring 95 to 145 and heiferettes bring 80 to 109. Well, tell everybody how to contact you, Doug Bass. Yes, sir. Y'all can call me on my cell, which is 979-877-4454 or call us there at the office, which is 979-836-3621. Doug Bass, thank you a bunch. Neighbor for listening. We appreciate you too. I'm Larry Marble. All right. Thank you, Larry. Lean hogs ended the day Thursday lower after a report from the U.S. Department of Agriculture revealed a decline in pork nut sales from the previous week. June lean hogs down 87 cents to 106.97. July lean hogs down $2.95 to 105 even. Block cheese was unchanged Thursday at $2.27. Barrel cheese increased a nickel to $2.30. Dryway was up 1.75 cents to 54 0.25 cents. That lent some support to class 3 milk prices. June class 3 milk was up 12 cents to 24.42. July class 3 milk was down 6 cents to 24.95 a hundredweight. We saw triple digit gains in the cotton market on Thursday on the expectation of hot and dry weather continuing here in Texas. July cotton up 589 points to 146.51. October cotton up 184 points to 132.07. December cotton up 239 points to 124.93. July corn up 8.5 to 7.73 even. September corn up 1.5 to 7.29 and a quarter. December corn down 1 to 7.16 and three quarters. July hard red wheat down one and a quarter to 11.53 and three quarters. September hard red wheat down one and a half to 11.60 and three quarters. July natural gas up 29 cents to 8.99 Thursday. August natural gas up 32 cents to nine even. July crude oil declined 53 cents Thursday to 121.58. August crude oil down 58 cents to 119.20 a barrel. The Dow down 382 points to 32,528. The S&P 500 down 59 points to 4,056. The Nasdaq down 219 points to 11,866. Well, that wraps up this look at the markets, and that wraps up this edition of Texas Ag Today. Be sure to join us next time for the latest news in Texas agriculture. I'm Jessica Domel, and I hope to see you then. Thanks for listening to Texas Ag Today. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify. For more Texas Ag news and information, check out our website at texasfarmbureau.org or tfbradio.com. Texas Ag Today is a production of the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network.